This is a very important day in the life of the church, and it's sort of like the Sunday after Easter, however, in that uh, people are a little bit tired of celebrating, and so it doesn't often get the attention it deserves, but if you look into in the uh, altar book at the collects for the day, you know, there are several feasts that happen during the week, or uh, during the days between Christmas and the first Sunday after Christmas. Um, we have the Feast of St. John, we have the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and uh, we have the Feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr. Of course, we all know the Christmas song, Good King Wenceslas went out on the Feast of Stephen. Well, that's the day after Christmas. But this day takes precedence over all three of them, if, if the dates are a little bit different than they are this year. This year we were able to get through everything because of when things fell. But this day takes pres- precedent over all of them. And it is because of, I believe, this gospel reading, this prologue to John. Now, we were meditating on this reading all throughout Advent as the the last gospel, something sort of tacked on to the end, to help us get into the mindset of incarnation. And now that we we are experiencing the incarnation of Christ at Christmas, we can start to think a little bit more deeply about it. And what we, what we celebrate here and now in these 12 days is a, a moment in time, an exact moment in time when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came to a very specific place, to a very specific people, and a specific set of parents in particular. But it's so much broader than that, as we know. Now, we believe as Christians that Jesus was sent by God the Father as a new covenant. We read throughout the scriptures of the Old Testament how the prophets uh, tried over and over again to reveal the word of God to his creation and tried to bring the people back into the fold. We know the story from the very beginning, from the story of Adam and Eve, the story of Noah and the ark, and on and on we could go with the different examples. But finally, at the end of that long train of prophets, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. And he did come into the world. And we celebrate that incarnation right now. But what this Sunday tells us is that it is so much bigger than that. Jesus, of course, came to God's ancient chosen people. And at the very beginning of the history of the church, those who followed him remained as faithful Jews. And it was thought that his message would simply be a continuation of God's covenant with his ancient chosen people and would be kind of his teachings and practices would be folded into their already ancient practices and beliefs. Now, we know that did not happen. And that was very early on, it became evident that that was not going to happen, that a new thing had happened on the earth. And so St. Paul writes to the Galatians, which we heard today, that before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. 
The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, I just jumped to a different scripture there. But it's pretty clear at this point that, from looking at the text, that there is a split, isn't there? Um, It's no longer, the followers of Jesus are no longer reliant upon the law of Moses. Now, certainly we keep the Ten Commandments. We hear, uh, if you come to a chapel liturgy in the right one language, um, we hear the summary of the law, which are the words of Jesus, but he even takes those from the ancient Hebrew scriptures. So we, we still believe and hold fast to those laws and commandments. However, we feel that in Christ, something new happens in us. In Christ, we are grafted into God's family tree. And in Christ, we are called to something, to a, a different level of responsibility, a different level of discipleship, and a different level of brotherhood and sisterhood in the world. And so, while yes, right now we, we look at that incarnation of the baby Jesus and in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph, and we hear the stories of the shepherds coming, and next week we'll hear the story of the wise men. They're sort of still in the back of the church making their way. We nevertheless look at that one moment as the moment in which the light broke into the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. There are two different uh, translations that we hear. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. True. The King James Version, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, I know language changes, and our understanding of words change throughout time. And we probably have a different uh, understanding of that word comprehended than perhaps at the time that that uh, scripture was translated. But I, I like to look at it in the light of the way we understand comprehension today. It was something so completely different that the darkness simply couldn't understand it. And there's so much darkness in our world today. And I saw between the services a, a news story that popped up on my phone that just last night, while we were here uh, happily celebrating Christmas, there was another group of people who were celebrating Hanukkah down in Muncie, and uh, someone just barged into the rabbi's house with a machete and started uh, attacking people. And they have arrested someone. They arrested someone in New York City, but the details are still unfolding. But the point is that, um, you know, We have this light within us, even though we're surrounded by darkness. And it is our job to to be people that we just don't even understand the darkness. We're people of Jesus Christ. And so through him, working through us, even though tragic things can befall people, we can't ever let the light go out. We can't ever let the love of God that came down at Christmas that eternally begotten love, we can't ever let that go out. And so it is important for us to hear on this Sunday that prologue to John because it's, I, I look at it as in two ways. One is that, that way we look at it during Advent in gearing up for incarnation. 
But now that that's happened, it's a way for us to begin to wrap our finite human understanding around the concept of eternity, around just what the, the, the gravity of what we're all about when we come here to worship and when we go out into the world as ambassadors and brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. So, God came into the world at Christmas time in the person of Jesus Christ and made God the Father known to us. He taught us how to live and how to act and what to do for all time until he comes. And so we keep doing those things and we don't lose heart. And we keep praising him, we keep worshiping him, we keep receiving his sacraments, and we keep being filled to overflowing with his love. And because of that overflowing superabundance of love, we are able to go out into that world and share it with others. And so let us give thanks today for the word, the word that was with God, the word that was God, the word that was in the beginning with God, the word through whom all things came into being, including you and me and all that will ever be, and the word that taught us how God loves us and how we should love one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.